Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Executive Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, we've had a little two-week podcast break, and a lot has happened in the soap world since we last chatted. So let's start with the big Teresa switch over Days of Our Lives. Uh, Just to recap, Teresa's originator, Jen Lilly, reached out to the show after John Aniston died to express her interest in returning to honor him. So her offer of availability was misinterpreted by the show, who excitedly wrote a 12-week arc for her when she could only actually give three. So she began filming, but then the show had to pivot and decided to use Emily O'Brien, who they were writing out as Gwen, to fill the role of Teresa. In our new issue, Emily opens up about the big switcheroo, saying that she didn't know how to feel about it, and she had also never been a recast, so it was new territory all around. Uh, Emily shared that Jen actually offered to help during the transition, which is so great, uh, adding that she knows she is not Jen, she doesn't look like her or sound like her, and can't be her. She's not looking to emulate Jen, she's just trying to do her best as Teresa and hopes the audience accepts her. Now, she's wearing a blonde wig, which I know has been a little confusing for some because Gwen went out one door and Teresa, now played by Emily, came out the other in the same episode. But I think once people acclimate to the change, they'll see just how much Emily can bring to the role. Yeah, we've seen some pretty unconventional casting moves on days that have some similarities to this, like Robert Scott Wilson going from playing Ben to playing Alex. And we've seen roles like Babe on All My Children switch portrayers within the same scene. But I think it's a first that we saw an actor, Emily in this case, both exit and debut within the span of a few seconds. Uh, I definitely have a lot of respect for Emily who didn't ask for this challenge, but seems to be taking it on with a lot of grace and professionalism. Now there's also been a little bit of a revolving door at General Hospital with Bonnie Burroughs leaving the show as the Gladys storyline wrapped up and the much anticipated arrival of Rena Sofer reprising the role of Lois. I just can't tell you how my heart lit up when Lois appeared in the doorway of the Quartermain Mansion. Rena did not skip a beat uh, from the nails to the accent to the attitude and effervescence of Lois. And I am just so happy that she's back. Oh, me too. Um, You know, I spoke to Rena for our cover story and she was just really thrilled to return to the show that, you know, put her on the daytime map. You know, when I interviewed her for the 60th anniversary special we did for GH earlier this year, she noted that Lois was her favorite role. So to come back now, it is a big deal for her. Um, But what I loved is that she told me that the person 
person who was most excited about her return was her daughter, Rosabelle. Now, Rosabelle's dad is Wally Kurth, who plays Ned, you know, Eddie. As uh, most people know, he and Rena used to be married, and she's excited about seeing her parents act together on screen. Uh, I also spoke to Wally for that story, and funny enough, he said it was Rosabelle who told him that Rena was coming back. Rena also said that getting Lois's nails right was a key component of her comeback, and I think we can agree it is already going gangbusters. Absolutely. And uh, just this week, we also learned that B&B will be rolling out the red carpet for some special guests at the upcoming fashion face-off between Eric and Ridge. Not only will Tracy E. Bregman cross over from YNR as Lauren, but so too will her co-star Kate Linder as Esther. And they will be joined for this event by none other than Marie Osmond, who will be making her soap debut as Countess von Frankfurt. Hearing that news gave me flashbacks to something I have not thought about in years, which was getting to interview her brother, Donny Osmond, in person at the All My Children studio back in the day when he guest starred on that show. I remember it being such a pinch me moment because I had seen him on stage in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat when I was in high school. Uh, and in New York last week, I enjoyed a wonderful blast from the past when I attended a play reading to benefit the Katona Classic stage, which is a theater company founded by Trent Dawson, who was Henry on As the World Turns and has also popped up on GHS Huxley. The actors in the reading were all Oakdale grads, Michael Park, ex-Jack, Jennifer Farron, ex-Jennifer, and uh, Roger Howarth, ex-Paul, who is also GHS Austin. It was so much fun. It was so sweet to see how happy the actors were to be together again. And I hadn't seen Trent or Michael in the flesh in a long time, and it was really wonderful to do so. Uh, Roger's son, Julian, was there, and uh, I asked him some pretty hard-hitting questions, including how he would rate his dad as a first-time <laughs> grandfather. And I'm happy to report that Julian gave him rave reviews. Uh, to say I love everything about that report would be an understatement. I just love it all. Uh, now, our guest today knows a thing or two about Roger and Young and the Restless. It's Haley Aaron, who has returned to daytime to play the role of Genoa City's Claire. So let's get her on the line and see how it's all going. Hi, Haley. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat. We are so excited to talk to you. First of all, welcome back. It's very exciting. Thank you. It's very exciting to be here. All right. Well, we are going to get everybody up to speed on everything Haley Aaron. So we are going to start with you are a Los Angeles native. And even though your parents aren't in the business, they recognize at a very early age that you seem to want to be in front of the cameras. So tell us how they made that discovery. Yeah, a little narcissist Haley just couldn't get enough of herself. <laughs> I used to stand in front of the mirror and I would get like a bottle of Listerine and I would take a sip of it and I'd go, mm, minty fresh Listerine now on sale at Costco. <laughs> and it was so odd that they figured she must be destined for television. Uh, and that was how I got into commercials at the age of three. Wow. So it was all, yeah, uphill from there. <laughs> well, your very first gig was for McDonald's. What do you remember about being on the set? It didn't start off well. It's amazing that I <laughs> pursued this career. I remember I was playing dress up in the commercial and I had to put on red lipstick, but I guess I had been watching a lot of television and I had seen a commercial that was like long lasting, like lipstick that won't come off. 
And so little three-year-old me thought that if I put this red lipstick on, it would never come off. So I guess I had a meltdown on set, not the first of many. (laughs) And uh, eventually, I guess they got me to put on the lipstick. But once the commercial finally came out, I must have seen it on live TV one of the days. And again, three years old, couldn't wrap my head around these complex uh, ideas that when I saw myself on television, I had an existential crisis and I couldn't understand how I could be there and here (laughs) at the same time. So yeah, it was uh, a a rocky start, but I figured things out eventually. (laughs) Oh my God, that is so sweet. Um, Now, among your early primetime credits is an episode of Malcolm in the Middle. What was that experience like? That was so much fun. I was in a Girl Scout troop on the show. So it was myself and like six or seven other little girls. And we had the time of our lives. It was honestly like going to summer camp. It was one of the best memories I have. They were all such sweet girls. And we were these like kind of evil Girl Scouts. So it was really fun. Um, did you, I'm just curious, like having sort of obviously evidenced an interest in acting and then kind of going through it, like, do you feel like you made the choice to become an actor? That's a wonderful question. Uh, do you know, it's interesting because I wonder what would have happened if I hadn't grown up in Los Angeles, if I hadn't been able to pursue it as a child, maybe there would have been something else that came up in my life. Like some, for some period of time, I thought maybe I want to be a vet. Maybe I want to be a archaeologist or, you know, there were a few things that I had interest in, but nothing ever could pull me away from acting. So if I hadn't been able to start when I was so young and actually have a career as a child, I might not have felt such a strong pull toward it later in life if there had been other interests that I'd pursued earlier. But I'm so unbelievably grateful that my life has turned out the way that it has. I mean, I really have been so fortunate with the opportunities I've been given that it would be silly to look back and question the way that things have worked out. But yeah, I do wonder sometimes what else I could have found if I hadn't fallen into this. But yeah, I do think I I chose it. There was a period of time when I started on Y&R when I was 14, that I really struggled for a minute when I first started. It was just such a new experience for me. The amount of material, as well as the gravity of the material, it was really difficult at first, having done mostly comedy. I, I struggled a little bit getting into gear and figuring out how to do this thing. Soaps are such a, an interesting and unique, complex animal that it took a minute to figure out what I was doing and having struggled to, you know, just figure out this world for myself. I think that gave me a little bit of pause for a minute and made me question how much I enjoyed doing it, but because I had to work for it, figure it out. And I, I feel that I overcame that challenge. It proved to me my love for what I do. So it was a really trying kind of uh, the first couple of months I was on the show were really difficult, really heavy material. And having come through that, I feel now like I 
Give myself a little pat on the back. Little Haley did a good job. <laughs> Very good. Well, that was in 2008 when you were tapped to play Abby Newman, the daughter of Victor and Ashley. So first, what do you remember about that audition process? I really don't remember very much of it. Uh, I also have a terrible memory, so that could be part of it. I feel like, especially having done soaps now for this kind of period of time, you learn to just throw away old information. And I feel like I've applied that to my whole life. So <laughs> a lot of the old stuff that like isn't relevant, I just throw it away. Um, but I do remember the the final audition that I did. And I remember coming into the building and thinking like, wow, this, this is cool. I remember the office feeling really, with all the photos of everyone on the show, it felt like such a legacy. And I thought, wow, I'd love to be a part of that legacy. And here I am. I feel so fortunate. Well, what stands out to you about that first go round in terms of specifically working opposite your kind of legendary on-screen parents, Eric Braden and Eileen Davidson? I have the fondest memories of working with the pair of them. Firstly, Eric, I, it was my brother, <laughs> this is long-winded. <laughs> when I was growing up, my brother didn't think what I did was very cool. He was very used to me doing television shows. It was never anything interesting to him. But the one thing he always loved was the Titanic. And the fact that I got to breathe the same air as Eric Braden made me finally cool in my brother's <laughs> book. And that was a great gift in itself, let alone working with the legendary actor. Uh, he was always so kind and everyone was so welcoming and made me feel really at ease. Uh, and Eileen was just so gorgeous and really, you know, I have been so lucky to have worked with Eileen Davidson and Maura West playing my mothers on both of these shows. I had very similar experiences feeling like I had someone who had my back and I always felt like there was a family for me here. And, uh, yeah, I just, I've, I've been really lucky. Mm -hmm. Well, in 2010, the show decided to age the character of Abby and recast her with M. Ryland, who you later worked with on GH, where she played Lulu. So, you know, how did you handle that at that age? It was so funny. It wasn't funny at all. It was actually super traumatic. Um, <laughs> I was at work on a Tuesday, and I was also going to be in an episode on that Thursday. And the executive producer at the time, he pulled me aside on the Tuesday, and he's like, Haley, let's go for a walk. And we walked around the stage and he goes, look, we're recasting the character. Thursday's your last day. Don't take it personally. It's nothing to do with you. We just wanted to do some more mature storylines. You've been great, kid. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> and so I had to come back on Thursday and like act and do my last day. And I, it was like dead man walking. This like little 15 year old girl. Um, but I remember being so proud of myself. I remember going home that day and telling my mom the story. I didn't cry. I didn't even cry when he told me. <laughs> hey, that is huge. You should be proud yeah. of that. Right? Thanks. So about five years later, daytime came back into your world when you auditioned to play Kiki on GH, replacing Kristen Alderson, the uh, originator of that role when she opted to leave. So tell us what you can remember with that faulty memory of yours about landing that role. It gets better. I, my memory <laughs> in more recent uh, time. I remember that really clearly. I had actually been, it's such a vivid memory. I was sitting on a bench. I was working um, a job doing audience coordinating. I had kind of fallen into, which was really fun. Like the 
you know, like all game shows or like live television shows. Um, I had just kind of fallen into this. My boyfriend was at the time was working for the company and I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. I'll do that. And I remember sitting on a bench at one of the studios one day and I was like, do you know what I'd really actually love to do is give daytime another shot. I don't feel like I, I feel like I could do better, right? I feel like I'm older now. I have more life experience. I'm more professional. Like I was a kid when I did YNR the first time and I felt I'd love to have another opportunity to enter that world. And I kid you not, that week I got the call to go audition for GH. It was like, I hadn't had a conscious thought about wanting to get back into it previous that. It was just unbelievable. Like I completely manifested that for myself. Um, and then I tested with Brian Craig and yeah, it was interesting stepping into the role. It was interesting. I think because when I played Abby, she had been a child. I was a teenager. It was a little bit of a fresh start for the character. She was still Abby, but stepping into a role that was being immediately recast was another interesting challenge. And so I, (laughs) when I auditioned for Kiki, I was told she was going to be a bad girl because she had started off as a bad girl. And so my audition scenes were all really bitchy. <laughs> and then I was like so excited when I got there to play this bad girl. But I feel like Kiki only ever got nicer, <laughs> which is great. Love her. Um, but yeah, it was funny. You never really know what you're going to get. That's so funny. Well, when you look back now, you know, and you think about your first few months on General Hospital, uh, you know, do you feel like you had a different perspective coming back in with a more like, you know, mature like position in life? Totally. Yeah, completely. I mean, I was even saying when I first started on Wine Art, I was doing school while I was here. So (laughs) it's so funny. I didn't even know my way around, which I realize now that I'm here as like a full grown adult and I have to find my way to set. And uh, (laughs) I realized back in the day, I always had someone kind of with me, my mom or the studio teacher or both of them, and they would help me find my way around. And I think that while important to keep an eye on young people and make sure that they're being treated well, I think it was a little infantilizing to me when I was a teenager because it never occurred to me to kind of figure things out for myself. And then when I got to GH, I had to really figure out everything for myself as I got there. And I had amazing mentors. I mean, particularly Mora West, phenomenal. Um, But there's a lot that goes into it, especially on soaps that is so different from any other kind of film or television the speed with which we move through the day. And there's not a second AD who would come and get you from your room and escort you to set. And there's so much more that requires you to think on your feet and to kind of be uh, just on your toes a bit more during the day and keeping your wits about you, I suppose. So it definitely felt like it's very sink or swim, but Finally, when I got to GH, I was like, I'm swimming. I'm swimming. I can swim. <laughs> I'm a big girl. <laughs> well, I want to hear more about Maura West, but I'm going to start with your other parent on the show, RIP to Silas, Michael Easton. What was it like to work with Michael Easton? Michael was phenomenal. Uh, the characters, it was so funny walking into the role of Kiki, knowing there was so much history, especially 
you know, between Kiki and uh, Roger Howarth and like all of these kind of relationships that I had to do my research on. Um, but it was so nice because I feel like Michael comes off kind of like a hard, like badass. He comes across like such a badass to me. And the softness that he showed in the scenes of Kiki and the intimacy and vulnerability, like it was just such a unexpected thing. I really enjoyed working with him. He's so dynamic. Um, and tell us more about Mora. We know she was a protector. We know she showed you around a little, but what did she do for you and your experience there? Oh, I never felt out of place around Mora. I always felt like there was someone there that I could confide in or have a laugh with or run my lines. Someone who would tell me how it was. I feel like she never minced words. She was always really uh, thoughtful and just, I have all the time in the world for that woman. I miss her so much. I wish I wish she could come here with me. <laughs> Can I put in a request for a transfer? <laughs> I don't know. You're very powerful at manifesting. So use your words carefully. True. Um, and I mean, what a twisted mother-daughter relationship. So so much water under that Kiki Ava bridge. So I'm I'm glad that the two of you were close, at least off camera consistently. Um, and then I, of course, have to mention Kiki's pseudo dad, Franco, with whom she was very close, played by Roger Howard. Tell us about working with Roger. Roger might be one of my favorite co-stars I've ever had the pleasure of working with. He was so much fun. You would get a script and you'd show, you would usually have an idea of what was going to happen in a scene, right? Like you read the pages, you know the actor, you can usually predict within some reasonable amount of certainty what the scene is going to look like. What I loved about working with Roger was you never knew what he was going to come up with. And he would play things in such a creative and unique way that it really kept things interesting. I had so much fun working with him. That was a real gift. I wish I got to work with him more. I feel like I always felt like there would be something uh, something more coming. And then, yeah, you never got there. <laughs> Well, Kiki had several love interests over the course of your time there. We are not asking you to pick a favorite, of course, but in terms of storyline, did you have a favorite Kiki pairing? Maybe not necessarily, you know, the leading man might, be, might not be one in the same. I really enjoyed working with Robert Palmer Watkins. He was my best friend at the time. We got to work together. We had the time of our lives. We really thought that Kiki and Dylan were like, going somewhere. So that was really fun because we felt like we were on the precipice of this great couple, this great romance, which unfortunately didn't happen. Um, but again, it's fun. You never know where things are going to go. It wouldn't be as interesting if you did. So that was a really fun time for me on the show. And then I absolutely loved working with Matt Cohen as well. Like that was such a fun storyline because when I first met Matt, he was playing my mom's boyfriend. I thought like, oh yeah, that's the dynamic now. Who would have thought like, <laughs> you know, how many people date their mom's boyfriends? Like that doesn't happen. So that was so unexpected. And uh, Matt and I get along really well. And he introduced me to my husband. So I'm very grateful for that storyline because without it, I would be very lonely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, okay, so I know, of course, uh, that you were very tight with Rob. Who else would you put in the category of like your closest friends in the GH cast? Well, first and foremost, my soul sister, bestie, Chloe Lanier. Uh, we are flip sides of the same coin. We are like two peas in a pod. I couldn't be more grateful. She's the best friend I've ever had. We're writing partners now. We've written a pilot. We've just finished writing a feature. So we are ready to take the world by storm. We're like, yeah, we we keep writing ourselves either as like twins or lovers. I don't know what. <laughs> We're like, as long just, as it's not both, I think you're good. Well, there is that one episode, but. <laughs> Yeah, we're like completely obsessed with each other. So I'm very grateful. Uh, This GH was such a formative time in my life. I was in my early 20s and really made some of the best lifelong friends. Um, Very grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, Now in 2018, you made the decision to leave the show in order to join the cast of Freeform's Pretty Little Liars reboot, The Perfectionists. And Kiki sadly died a very brutal death at the hands of serial killer Ryan Chamberlain. So what was it like for you to say goodbye to Kiki and the show? It was so sad. I really didn't want to leave. I had really hoped I'd be able to do both. And unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. But it was really, it was much harder than I expected. Uh, Especially, I mean, the death of Kiki was so sad. I really underestimated what it would be like from the outside watching, in a sense, your own funeral. I mean, it's a picture of me up there and everyone's so sad. (laughs) It was really hard hard to watch. I actually couldn't watch the scenes. I never, I've never seen them. I've never fully watched the scenes when Maura sees Kiki's body in the body bag. I like, I just tuned out. It was too, too traumatic for me. So that was really a powerful uh, time. I don't know. It was like me mourning this part of my life as well as mourning the character and then the visceral performances of everyone else mourning the character. It was really tough. It was hard. Well, you got a pretty awesome parting gift when in 2019 you won the daytime Emmy for Outstanding Younger Actress. What stands out to you about the night of your victory? Well, I have been the biggest Jeopardy fan for years. Like I, I've kind of waned a bit now that I have humans to take care of my small (laughs) children. Um, But back when I didn't have anything else to do, I would binge watch Jeopardy. And it was like an obsession. I was obsessed with Alex Trebek. And there were times, there were multiple times when GH actually was either like a category on the show and they would have people read the questions and no one ever asked me and I would go around and I'd be like, what the heck? Like everyone knows I'm obsessed. Why didn't they include me? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like seriously uh, offended. Um, and then the night of the Emmys, they announced that the award is coming up next and Alex freaking Trebek walks out on stage. And here I am sitting in my seat going, no way. Chloe's about to win an Emmy from Alex Trebek. This is so unfair. (laughs) I had seen her reel and I mean, I just know her as an actress and I think the world of her. So I was like, oh, like done. Chloe's winning and I have to watch her accept an award from my hero. This is the worst day ever. (laughs) And then he said my name and I was like, actual shock. 
I kind of froze and I could feel like my soul leave my body. I was like, this is so surreal. Uh, and I walked up on the stage and I got the award from him and I started to speak. And then I was like, wait a second, I'm like, who is that talking? <laughs> and I like forced myself to come back into my body. I was like, oh my God, you're in this moment. Like, this is your life. Like you're actually winning an Emmy from Alex Trebek. And it was probably the best moment of my whole life. It was like everything I had ever worked for culminated in this one moment and I will always remember that moment as like the pinnacle, <laughs> like the best moment of my whole life, bar the birth of my children, of course. But of course. Um, up until then, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say, I think. Right. right. <laughs> you sold it. You sold it. That's good. Thanks. I'm like a really good actor. <laughs> Um, well, when you look back on your years as Kiki, do you have a proudest acting moment or something you would say was maybe the biggest challenge for you? I really enjoyed slapping. I found slapping really fun. Um, there's this scene slapping Mora across the face that I, I mean, we all have seen good slaps and we've all seen bad slaps. You know, I just wanted to be a good slapper. And that was really important to me in my uh in my soap journey. I feel like that's the mark of like a, like a queen on a soap opera. Like you can't have a bad slapper. Um, so that when that slap turned out, well, I felt really good about myself. <laughs> no sloppy slaps on your watch. So you shot the perfectionists where you played the role of Taylor in Oregon. What was your filming experience like? I had the time of my life. Uh, my brother lives in Portland, so it was really cool getting to stay up there and having known the city really well, I've always wanted to live up there. So it was a really special time. I moved into an apartment on the street my brother used to live on. And it was like a, again, a really full circle kind of thing where I kind of wished that this would happen. And then it happened. And it's hard to wrap your head around when really good things happen, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it was quite surreal but I made some really good friends while I was up there and it was a really, really positive experience. Cool. Well, in 2019, you went public with your relationship with your now husband, Adam Fergus, who was also an actor. So we know Matt Cohen introduced you, but what else can you tell us about your love story? So I met my husband because I was going on a trip to Bosnia with a girl that I went to school with and I had some time off. We would have dark weeks on GH. So I knew I had three weeks off for the summer. So I was going to meet my friend. We were going on this girl's trip, but I was like, well, I have a couple of days off at the front end of the trip. Why don't I just book a flight with a couple of layovers so I can see a couple more cities? Very adventurous of me. Very. One of them was in Dublin, but I had never been. I didn't know anyone there. So because Matt Cohen was on Supernatural, I knew that they do all of these conventions all over the world. And I just randomly asked him, hey, would you happen to have any idea what I should do in Dublin for like 24 hours? And he goes, no, but I have one Irish friend. I'll put you in touch. And the rest is history. We, That's incredible. Yeah, it, it's so sweet. It was so romantic. We started texting and we were really hitting it off over text. He goes, well, can I call you? I was like, yeah, you can call me. So he called me and then we hit it off some more. He's like, well, I think maybe we should get coffee to discuss what you're going to do while you're in Ireland. I, was like, yeah, <laughs> I think we should. 
So we went out for coffee and it's like one of those great moments of my life. We sat on the street under an umbrella drinking our coffees and he was wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt, which is pretty prominent. You'd see them all over. Like it's not rare or strange for someone to be wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. But this guy walked by and just out of nowhere, he turned to Adam and he goes, hey, go Dodgers. As if the shirt somehow affiliated with the Dodgers. And we just busted our sides laughing. I've never laughed so hard in my whole life. And it was like the deal was just sealed right then and there. I, yeah, the the greatest laugh of my life. I was like, oh, I could laugh with you for a long time. Well, you got married in 2020, so you'll be laughing together forever and ever. Uh, that same year, you relocated to Ireland, which wasn't necessarily your plan going in. So walk us through how that ended up happening and your world got a little upended in 2020. Yes. So my husband was doing a show in Norway and it was shooting over the course of a few months. So we figured, why don't we stay in Ireland? We use Ireland as our base and travel back and forth because we were newly married and I wanted to get to know his friends and, you know, the family. And so this was a really good idea, right? Eight months in Ireland. So we fly over and that Christmas we went to South Africa to be with his sister and we really enjoyed ourselves. We had a great time in South Africa, got COVID. And I also found out I was pregnant with twins and we kept laughing. We've been laughing and laughing and laughing. It was the funniest thing I've ever heard. For some reason, finding out that they were twins was the funniest thing that's ever happened. We laughed. We got on a plane straight from the doctor's office. We got on a plane to fly back to Norway. And for whatever, 12, 13 hours, we just, every time we looked at each other, we were in fits of hysterical laughter. Like, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it's still hilarious. But once we flew from South Africa back to Norway, it was a long haul flight. And because I was pregnant with twins, it was a high risk pregnancy. So I had to have this injection and it was really unpleasant. And it's not really advisable to do these long haul flights early in pregnancy, high risk pregnancies. So I made the decision, but I kind of felt like it was the only decision was not to fly back to the States yet and to have the girls in Ireland. So once they were born in August of 2021, then I wasn't going to fly back with newborns. So it kind of just happened that we moved over and we never came back. But there was a lot of work over there for my husband as well. So we kind of always said we'd be where the work was. We don't really care. We love it here. We love it there. And as long as one of us is busy, then both of us are happy. So here we are in LA. <laughs> <laughs> well, your adorable girls are Juno and Maude. So what has been the most fun thing thus far about being a mom of twins? Oh, I have to say it's just happening now, but seeing them interact is unbelievable. Like it's taken two years. It's been a long two years, but <laughs> it's so paying off the little chats that they're having with each other. I don't know what they're saying, but it's so unbelievably cute and the sharing like one of them will get something and bring one to the other one and it's just oh, I, get, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a good job 
What about the most challenging thing thus far about being a twin mom? You're just always on. There's no relaxing. You can't just sit with one kid and even like reading a book, reading them a book. One of them is enjoying it. And then the other one's trying to close it. Or, you know, there's just, it's harder to kind of get that one-on-one time because even when you're having a nice moment with one of them, it's the silence that gets very suspicious. And when you don't know where the other kid is, then you have to freak out and she's inevitably like pressing all the buttons on the printer. Like there's never just like an innocent moment of silence. So you have to always, always be prepared and (laughs) eyes going in different directions. I feel like you and Michael Grazia day, like compare notes on being a parent of twins because he's got the two boys. I salute him. I feel like when I found out I was pregnant with twins, the first thing we did was get a blood test and they were like, it's two girls. And I was like, oh, (laughs) it was for some reason, my biggest fear having two boys. I don't know. I just feel like the violence maybe, or (laughs) there was something about twin boys that just scared me. Um, But I have to say twin girls unbelievably violent. So I think I <laughs> I was needlessly fearful because it's just a, a, an inherent twin quality is that they will scratch, bite, and pull hair. Well, did your relationship to your career and auditioning and all of that change once the girls were in the picture? Briefly. So I did my first audition in December after they were born in August. So a good few months. But amazingly, I ended up booking that job. So I went following spring to film that movie uh, back in dun, 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 Oregon. <laughs> so, Full circle. Yeah, it just calls me. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Well, you have some very good uh, friends at YNR, including your former GH castmate, Brittany Sarpy, and your dear, dear friend, Cameron Grimes, who plays Mariah. But despite that, like, had the idea of possibly being on YNR again been anywhere on your radar before it actually happened? Yes and no. I think the way I feel about it was it was always something I hoped for, but I never expected that it would ever happen. I felt like there's a very select few people who probably have returned to a show playing a different character. Um, Melissa Wardway is the most fantastic Abby. So I really never thought I would return as Abby, but the show itself is just such an iconic mainstay. So I just, I always hoped that there would be a way that I could return. And the fact that it presented itself, I mean, you joked that I'm a master manifester, but am I? I wasn't joking. Right. Well, are you? How did this opportunity to come back as Claire come about? I got an email from my manager one day about a role in the show and she asked if I'd be interested I was like, heck yeah. So I ended up testing for the role. And I mean, from there, I think less than a week later, I was on a plane to LA. So it also happened really quickly. So unexpected and really such a whirlwind. I was just momming in Ireland. And then here I am on set with my hair did and my makeup done. And (laughs) it's such a, a far cry from... Uh, my other life, I feel. Your other life playing referee to two toddlers. Exactly. Um, I have the so scars. What attracted you to the character? I'm obsessed with Claire. I'm so excited for everyone to meet her. 
she is so different from myself and she's so different from any of the other characters that I've played. I have so enjoyed originating this role, which is so cool. Abby and Kiki, I took over from two other actresses. So it's been a real treat getting to know Claire and create this world for her. I'm so excited for everyone to get to know her. I am too. Um, so tell us like how did, what are the logistics of you're in Ireland and now you're like going to be in Los Angeles for a very extended period of time. So like, how do you make that all happen with a husband and twins? From my point of view, it was really easy. We got on a plane and we came to LA. <laughs> From my husband's point of view, <laughs> he actually just flew back to Ireland because we left our house just a disaster. So he's cleaning up all of my messes as we speak uh, so that we can sublet our house. So that's uh, been a bit of a process, but it's been quite painless for me. <laughs> <laughs> How do, your, how do your twin infants do on an international flight? Not great. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said it was enjoyable in any way, but it has gotten better as they've gotten older. I think we figured out this was like their eighth or 10th international flight. So there's seasoned travelers. Uh, but now that they're toddlers, it's just a completely different ball game than when they were babies, which it's harder because now they want to run around the plane, but it's easier because you don't have to rock them endlessly for hours on end. So pros and cons, pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Um, well, what did it feel like to walk back into the studio where you've last been when you were a teenager? Unbelievably surreal walking in, it was like, I got punched in the face with nostalgia. There was something about like, nothing has changed. It's exactly where I left it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this amazing smell. It's almost like, it's almost like the smell of like flowers or like pressed flowers. I don't know how else to describe it, but the scent of the stages was, I, I haven't thought about it in 15 years. I wouldn't have been able to pick it out of a lineup for you. But as soon as I smelled it, I was like, whoa, that is such a powerful sense. It was like all of these memories came flooding back that I haven't thought about in so long with my poor memory. <laughs> <laughs> so what stands out to you when you think about your first day this time around? I had so much fun. I think that's what really stands out is I didn't feel stressed out. I think, you know, my first time on YNR, I was so young and it was such a new concept. It was stressful because it was unknown. And then going into GH, like I said, I didn't know it was kind of sink or swim and I had to figure it all out for myself. And now at this point in my life, feeling pretty well seasoned, know where things are. I know what the job requirements are. And I felt really well prepared and like I could walk in and just enjoy myself. So it was really, really fun. I had a great first day. Were there any people that you got to see who you had worked with the first time around? There were a few. Yeah. Robert, one of the, uh, he's the onset makeup. He was there. I mean, I haven't seen him in so many years. That was great. Um, Matt Kane, the lovely publicist. Hadn't seen him in so long. He's the best. Um, so gorgeous. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. There's so many faces. Um, is there anyone else? 
can't think. I mean, actors, of course, the actors. But uh, yeah, I got to share my first scenes with the gorgeous Melody Thomas Scott. So I had worked with her a little bit when I was here the first time, but not as closely. I'm working with her a lot more closely now. Yeah, you're working with her very closely this time around. And um, I, I need to hear more about that. What has your experience been like really getting to know and see Ms. Melody Thomas Scott do her thing? What a gift to earth. I love that woman. She is hilarious. She is professional. She is talented. She is again, like such a fantastic mentor. Some of the quips she comes out with are like, she has such great advice and she has again, taken me under her wing. It's like, I can't stop lucking out with these ladies. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we've had, we have some really fun scenes coming up and I am just so lucky. I think I've said that about a hundred times. Well, that'll be this uh, podcast's drinking game. Um, so what was your first meeting with Melissa Ordway, the current Abby, like? We had so much fun. It was great. We're in a group setting together and we're kind of passing by. And she's so funny. She goes, I'm going to look at you funny. Like, I kind of know you from somewhere. <laughs> so we've got a very meta uh game of Abby on Abby going. (laughs) (laughs) Was it, um, was it hard at all with, you know, having been gone from the genre for a couple of years to get back into the particular groove of daytime in terms of the pace and the onslaught of dialogue? I feel so, again, I'm very lucky. The (laughs) scheduling for my character has been really nice. So I actually haven't had too much overlap of episodes. So my episodes have been kind of one episode a day, which the shooting schedule, I'm sure this is very interesting for all of the listeners. Um, The shooting schedule here is a little bit different than at GH, where we would get dark weeks over at GH, which meant those blocks of episodes had to be spread out throughout the rest of the shooting weeks. So here there's no dark weeks. So the episodes are kind of more um, five episodes a week. So it's not as, there aren't as many days where you would get multiple episodes shooting at the same time, which I prefer personally, personal preference. Uh, but yeah, I I felt like I, I lucked out again uh, when I first started here because I didn't have that like six episode a day thing where I feel like when I started at GH, it was like, oh, welcome to the show. Here's 69 pages for next week. <laughs> right. But I think that's really interesting because that is something we really don't kind of talk about is how each show is actually made it's like we know the clock we don't know or we know the time we don't know how they made the clock kind of thing you know oh I like that well this is your first time doing a soap while also having babies to come home to so what has that aspect been like for you so far so good uh we again just jumped on a plane came to LA so we're staying with my parents currently who live in LA which is so lucky They must be thrilled. They are ecstatic. I mean, I think it might be wearing off. It's been a few weeks and the girls are quite loud. But uh, (laughs) before I overstay my welcome, (laughs) my mom has been so fantastic. The girls are in the greatest hands when I'm at work. So I haven't had to worry about anything, which is really nice. Do you get to see Ms. Cameron Grimes much at work? This morning she was here and she left before I got here. So we're like ships passing in the night, but I believe later this week we might be crossing paths. 
Mm -hmm. Very excited. Okay. Um, Have there been any top pregnancy tips that you have slid her way? Just lay down is my number one. (laughs) Like just don't, don't bother. Just rest, relax. Um, And then my other favorite was this hypnobirthing stuff. It's really cool. You listen to these kind of like meditations and they're supposed to help you later when you're giving birth. I don't know. I did it help. I don't know, but I really <laughs> like the idea of it. <laughs> you did that? I did them. Yeah. But I ended up having a C-section, so it didn't really get to work for me. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Well, what does it mean to you at uh, like this stage of your life and moment in your life to be re-entering the daytime world where you have kind of marked really distinct, interesting chapters in your own, you know, evolution. Yeah. I think that's such a cool point. And really part of why I'm so excited. Again, I felt like when I went to GH, oh, this was a great new opportunity to prove myself. And I think not only did I grow as a person, but as an actress from the time that I started on that show to the time that I left, the Emmy was just the icing on the cake. Uh, And now stepping into this role in a whole new part of my life, I feel so well prepared to really give this character my all. I feel like I have so much more to give her now because I'd like to think that I've grown in these past few years. And that means I have a little bit more know-how, I suppose, or just experience. Well, before we let you go, is there anything you would like to say to the fans who are listening? Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. Um, (laughs) I'm so lucky. I hope you're all drunk now from (laughs) a really fun game we've been playing. Uh, But I just can't tell you how grateful I am for your warm reception. And I feel so loved and welcomed. So thank you. Thank you. I'm so lucky. Thank you. We so appreciate the time you gave us today. And I am very excited to see more with Claire. So am I. I think we've got some good stuff coming up. So stay tuned, as they say. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Haley Aaron for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.